Welcome to Nano Sessions, a NanoLumens podcast where we chat with the experts on all things visualization. Welcome to Nano Sessions by NanoLumens. I'm your host, Sean He. Now, I am a huge fan of technology. Everybody that knows me would hopefully affectionately describe me as quite the geek or Uber nerd is a term I've heard thrown around quite loosely. I don't think I'm offended by that. Well, I think I have run across someone who is as nerdy and loves technology as much as I do, and that's my guest on the podcast today. He is, of course, the chief technology officer for NanoLumens, and that's Gary Feather. Gary, how are you today? Doing great, Sean. Good to talk to you today. The Pro-AV space, specifically the, the visual space, changes with such speed and consistency, it's really hard to keep up with what is actually the latest and greatest. So today I want to talk to you about this trend moving from DLP projection to direct view LED cinema. Well, Sean, you're spot on with regard to the rate of technology change. I think uh, the thing we need to understand, it's all about creating new experiences for customers and effectively for the creatives. It's all about a story well told. So it's not really about the technology, it's about the tools you use to, to tell the technology to the customer and have them enjoy it. Very rarely do you hear the technical side reference the artistic or the creatives, as you call it, and yet they really are sort of driving this this uh, evolution in technology. How is that metaphorical visual canvas changing for those creatives as a way to present their content? Well, let's back up. The reason I'm interested in this and the reason that I think I'm an authority to talk to the topic is in the 1990s, we developed the DLP technology while I was at Texas Instruments and my team there worked on all aspects of the optical systems, the controls and others. And when we realized that technology could be potentially a replacement for film, everyone scoffed at that idea. Uh, the idea being that can I really tell a story better digitally than I can tell it in a somewhat analog fashion with film? We professed that the answer is clearly yes, it's just a question of when we would get there. From that perspective, the first film replacement projectors were built in roughly 1996 and 97, and the first theaters launched in 2003 to create the first effective solution to digital cinema, a huge transition in the motion picture industry. Again, the core requirement, I have to be able to have a story well told, and I have to have a solution that isn't of any technology interest to the customer, but the experience is offering a solution never before seen. And it's not just baby steps. This is an evolutionary leap. In an infrastructure that has fundamental elements of support in many different sources, you have to change the whole infrastructure in these transitions. So as we saw the transition from film to DLP, uh, the distribution system was dramatically different. The content creation system was dramatically different. However, the theaters were somewhat the same. So you're able to hold one of these areas constant in this transition. 
that's an interesting aspect about the future as we look at going from a projection reflective technology to an emissive technology with LED displays. All right. So as a consumer, let me ask you, is that going to change the space in which I consume this media? Are, are we looking at some sort of structural design change in theaters as a general rule because of these advances in the visual technology? Well, you're jumping ahead, but let's talk about first the image and whether the image fits to creative. When DLP technology was developed originally, many of the people that were on the artisan side said, how are you going to put the judder into the image? How are you going to put film grain into the image? Because they assumed that was an integral part of telling the story. Some of that was actually introduced into the system to allow its adaptation to give a visual effect that looks somewhat the same. Another aspect is within the cinema industry, you're controlled by the SEMPTE, S-M-P-T-E standards. And those standards were established for film. So a digital projector was trying to get into the market, uh, having to emulate film. Uh, with that in mind, the brightness of the systems uh, set at 14-foot Lamberts that existed then exists today because that was the standard for film. And the implementation associated with the viewing angle and the implementation for the viewing distances that were set up in SMPTE240M were the same. The result being that we tried to not vary the cinema experience while changing the projection technology. So we changed one out of about four elements when we went from film to DLP. With LED, we're going to be changing probably three out of four elements. It sounds very similar to the discussion that my audiophile friends have when they talk about the move from vinyl to CD. I think some of that's related, but the issue being we're creating a, 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 an experience that is audio and video and a, an experience that wants you, makes you want to go to the theaters and leave the home. So within that, let's touch on the next step you talked about. Uh, it, can we create something new and different? The answer to that is yes. So with an LED emissive display solution, I'm able to get much higher brightness capabilities that then can be understood, comprehended by the cinematographers, and incorporated into the grading of film content so that the master copy now realizes that it's a much more powerful engine to help tell the story. The process to do that's going to take probably five or ten years for people to understand how to use all the bells and whistles, but as soon as the creatives begin to introduce that, others will come to bring those to bear and realize the impact they can have. Again, it's not about a gadget, it's about a new capability and a new performance. The brightness item is important to understand. When you look out the window and you're looking at, a, say, the parking lot, you see very white whites and you see reflections. Realize that the sun is about 23,000 uh, nits effective reflective light off the surface of very bright objects. And in the dark areas, it's very, very dim. Uh, with that, you want to create lifelike images on a screen. So it's difficult to comprehend how a storyteller tells a story to an audience where the, the level of black is not completely black because the first uh, maybe 15 or 16 stops for a DLP projector are still all gray because they can't get to black because you have to stop the light from going through the system and veiling glare of the lenses. And on the high side, they're limited to maybe 50 nits or 100 nits if you're using a dual projection or higher brightness solution. 
So the human eye has such dynamic range, you want to take advantage of that, of what truly looks lifelike. So the cinematographers are interested in an opportunity to actually think about telling stories in a forum that looks lifelike. So now they can take the story they've created and put it in a world that we all see every day. It's kind of funny because this is a bit of a departure from the standard interaction that creatives have with technology. In my experience, I have seen that the creatives are usually a little bit ahead. They are wishing for the capabilities before they actually exist. And yet in this specific instance, the technology may actually be pulling the creatives to catch up. It's almost like a cart and a horse scenario. How do you balance both expectations and the reality? The fundamental element of trying to do that is education first and then uh, the results. When people see a final result with regard to a display image and the impact it has not just on the creative's personal idea but on the audience where the interest to absorb and rewatch this content uh, is higher because of the creative being able to use these more dynamic tools. Uh, the result is uh, it, it creates an entirely new story uh, for people that are involved with this. The, the DLP technology uh, with all the great things we developed at Texas Instruments in the 90s uh, does have limitations to what it can do. So if today as a consumer you look at what is the highest contrast ratio highest uh, overall performance solution and display, it's an OLED display, uh, not an LCD. An LCD is a very, very compelling display, but an OLED display allows me to get to contrast ratios in the half a million to one to million to one, and an OLED display has, the advantage it has is black is off. So the objective we have fundamentally in looking at a transition of LED, which is a inorganic LED component, uh, is to replicate what's done on the small screen, you know, 60 to 90 inch OLED display and create that experience in a large theater environment. Only with something like an emissive display, you're going to have the capabilities to have black, truly be black, maybe 0.001 nits and for brightnesses well over a thousand nits to be on the screen. What is something about this upcoming technology that excites you from not a technological standpoint, but from your own creative thought? Well, I, I, I think analytically, some stories are best told in a true form. Some are, are told in, in a quite different format. Uh, the idea being though that a creative needs a, a, a larger dynamic tool to be able to exercise that. In going and meeting with the cinematographers at the American Society of Cinematographers in Los Angeles, the general comment being made on a couple of parameters was, I want to turn the knob to 11. Uh, so they're saying they feel very limited by what they're able to do. With, with that in mind, from a technical perspective, the, the, the researchers at Dolby Laboratories, and Dolby builds some very nice custom theaters, I think they have about 136 of those installed, they are understanding the human visual system and what excites the human visual system. So the purpose there is when I tell a story, I want to understand the wetware, if you will, the human that's in the picture, to understand what makes him laugh, what makes him cry, what gets him excited. And peripheral vision, as an example, causes a reaction. 
because you get high frequency content that makes you turn your head. Uh, detail that I see in front of me excites the fovea of the eye so that I can, I can with that detail, see texture and, and text and other characteristics. So the high frequency content capabilities of LED, the high excision on off associated with it, the detail that you'll be able to see associated with that as you recollect that will be significant advantages that, that create a larger palette and uh, you know an effectively a more dynamic canvas for these creatives. So I'm very excited uh, that what we're looking at is a technology that will take the decades that DLP took, uh, which has been around for almost 25 years. And with the work we did at TI, it has improved now dramatically. Uh, and there are now over 200,000 digital cinemas supporting either DLP technology or Sony's SXRD, which is a small percentage of that, a reflective technology, still a digital projection system. Uh, the result being that uh, we can see that the industry took advantage of that in many ways. With this new tool, uh, I believe the creatives and, and uh, event presentation sites can now have dramatic changes. Uh, the normal projection room will be lost, the projector will be terminated, and now I can put people anywhere I want with regard to the screen at any elevation or any angle or any viewing distance and I don't have to design for a projector. So custom designed entertainment locations, not just for movies, but for esports and e-gaming and other applications are now a reality that we can exploit as an industry telling stories in ways that we've never before imagined. As you move into that development and deployment phase and the expansion of the environments that you can create, it seems that there will be a growing need for artistic engineers. With your experience in the industry, I'm curious, has there been a specific struggle behind the curtain that might surprise industry veterans? I think not. I, I think the industry uh, veterans are and represented by uh, people at Paramount and people at 20th Century Fox and people at Disney, along with the creatives behind them, they understand this challenge. As, as you know, when 3D was first launched in its current form, uh, people imagined automatically 3D meant better story and 3D meant better experience. But the 3D television business, that when I was at Sharp, we pulled out of that business before that business completely tanked. We have recognized it is not the right solution for that particular environmental venue for people to enjoy. James Cameron on the other side identified, as did Jeffrey Katzenberg, identified very clearly what aspects of 3D tell a story better. The issue there was uh, we had gadgets that people were using which caused the, the negative disparity of objects running into your face to, to basically dislocate you and disconnect you from the story. So they realized that a positive disparity or depth in the screen is what tells the story the way we see it in true life. The result of that being that creatives that were good understood how to use the tools to tell great stories. And obviously James Cameron has told some great stories and many more to come. The same kind of what I'll call revolution in storytelling and content management will exist as we see these creatives leverage these tools properly for the story well told. Now, you have worked on more than a handful of projects in your career. Do you have a favorite project that you've worked on recently? Well, I would tell you that in the last five years, 
uh, and to go through a quick list of projects of involvement, having uh, worked in the Pentagon for a number of years on very compelling products uh, in support of, of defensive systems, migrating to Texas Instruments Laboratory Solutions and DLP and bringing that to market in projection systems for home, projection systems for business and office, which is very broad today, and obviously the theater business. Uh, I spent time there laughing and crying with the excitement, the enthusiasm, some of the disappointments with that. At Sharp Corporation, I migrated to Sharp before the LCD was a display technology for the home. I promoted that product when we had our first launch of 13 and 15 inch products at the Consumer Electronics Show. I was told at that time on a panel discussion that you would never be able to build an LCD larger than 30 inches because the technology doesn't allow for that. Uh, interestingly enough, having known that we'd already exceeded that, you can see where the LCD business went. Uh, from there, moving uh, in to the applications that had high definition and digital images and digital processing. I will tell you though, the passion I had for projects was uh, initiating a business for Sharp in LED health lighting, understanding the dramatic effects on wavelengths of light on CCT and circadian effects of the human body with serotonin, melatonin, alpha amylase, uh, and the way we can change people's lives by conditioning them with the right light at the right time with the right dose. Light is an element uh, that is very critical to human life and to our normal existence. And uh, I have a passion that we will definitely have an impact in solutions like that in the future that I'll be involved with. Today I'm working on screens that support everyday application of LED emission all the way up to uh, the cinema displays and now we're moving into automotive applications. But I still have a passion, uh, a deep passion for how we can improve people's lives with the right light at the right dose at the right time. Uh, at this point in the podcast, I'm going to casually and intentionally invite myself to your next watch party at your house because I would imagine that your home theater is somewhat ridiculous. <laughs> so you don't have to you don't have to say no right now. Right. Okay. Just think about it and consider when you have your next watch party. You know, just drop me a note. I'll, I'll come on over. We'll do, Sean. Today, it has been my pleasure to have a conversation with Gary Feather, the Chief Technical Officer for Nano Newman's. Gary, thank you so much for taking the time today. I really appreciate it. As a matter of fact, I'm going to say that I look forward to having another conversation with you very soon. Sean, I definitely look forward to the next conversation. We have a lot to cover. 